When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Keyshawn, J. Will, and Max, the podcast. Check the guys out live weekday mornings from 6 to 10 Eastern on ESPN Radio. Thanks for kicking off your weekend with us with Amber Wilson. I'm Freddie Coleman, part of Keyshawn, J. Will, and Max, presented by Progressive Insurance on ESPN Radio, the ESPN app, Series X and Channel 80, as well as tune in. Phone numbers there for you to hang out with us at 888 say espn 888-729-3776. NFL getting started last night. The Las Vegas Raiders score optional. They beat Jacksonville Jaguars. Nobody cares. Everybody cares about the fact that between now and February, Amber, we have football every weekend Mm -hmm. starting last night in the National Football League. And looking at that Raiders team and thinking about that division, you got them with Derek Carr. Denver Broncos now Russell Wilson. Charged with Justin Herbert. Kansas with Patrick Mahomes. That is going to be must-see TV, in my opinion. Every game in that division, especially at the beginning of it, when all four of those teams get together. That is a brutal division. That is definitely the best division as we head into this NFL season. My concern for this division is that they're all going to beat each other up so much, Freddie, right? I mean, if we're talking about who's going to be representing a team in the AFC and the Super Bowl, I don't know if that team's coming out of the AFC West because I just think they all have such tough sledding in terms of their schedule because of the other teams in their own division. I think that it could go any way when we're looking at this particular division in terms of the rankings of these teams. Like if I told you the Raiders were going to be the best team in this division, you'd probably believe it. If I told you they were going to be the worst team in this division, you'd probably believe it. We could probably play that same game with the Denver Broncos, maybe even the Los Angeles Chargers. The Chiefs are probably the only team that people feel like are going to be somewhere near the top of the division. But I also think people would believe it if we said the Chiefs aren't going to win the division this season. So that division is such a toss up every team improves so much this offseason in that division with maybe the Kansas City Chiefs notwithstanding sorry James but otherwise everybody else improved so much in that division and the Chiefs probably didn't take a huge step back with Patrick Mahomes still at the helm and Andy Mm -hmm. Reid still coaching that team so it's anybody's guess how the AFC West is going to play out I love the fact that what you mentioned in terms of you can make a case other than Kansas City that somebody can finish second and somebody can finish last because I know a lot of people believe in Russell Wilson with the Denver Broncos, and I was on the other side of that. I said, I know how terrific he's been, but I've also seen that when you have to align him to throw the football a lot, it usually doesn't end well. It didn't end well for him in Seattle. In that division, he's going to go up against guys where he has to outplay them. Now, he's not going to do that, Patrick Mahomes. He might do it for a game. He ain't doing it for two games. But if you're Russell Wilson to give your team a chance, you got to play Derek Carr of the Raiders, and you got to play Justin Herbert. And those teams, in my opinion, have more and better weapons than Russell Wilson has the Denver Broncos, which means that we talk about pressure on quarterbacks. It's one thing to be Russell Wilson, have that kind of pressure, but that's exacerbated in that division when you have dudes that aren't the dudes on the other side you're going to face six times this year when you're playing for the Denver Broncos against the Chiefs, the Raiders, and the Chargers offensively. I want to make an argument that the Chiefs could finish last in this division as well, just to annoy James, but I'm not going to do it. I do agree with you with the Denver Broncos, though, that they are a total toss-up as a team. 
everybody kept saying Freddie for so long that the Broncos are just a quarterback away. Well, they've got their mm-hmm. guy. So if they were just truly a quarterback away, then the Broncos are going to find themselves in a Super Bowl. I never really believed, frankly, the quarter that the Denver Broncos were only a quarterback away. Mm-hmm. I also don't know where Russell Wilson is at this point in his career. Obviously, we know Russell Wilson is still a very good quarterback. Don't get me wrong. But the last couple of years have been down seasons, so to speak, for Russell Wilson. Down season for Russell Wilson still looks pretty darn good compared to a lot of quarterbacks. But Russell Wilson was playing through a hand injury last season. Is he going to be fully healthy? Is he going to look different in Denver Broncos uniform? Maybe this is the pickup that he needed, right? Maybe things mm-hmm. got a little stale the last couple of years in Seattle. That was a pretty bad Seahawks team. Maybe he'll have, uh, a, he'll feel renewed here in Denver. Or maybe there will be an adjustment period because he's in a totally different new system. He's on a new team for the first time ever. And maybe there will be some growing pains as it pertains to trying to compete in the toughest division in football. So I could see the Broncos having some problems. I would not pick the Broncos to win the division. I don't feel that confident about the Broncos because again, I never really bought into this idea, regardless of how Russell Wilson plays. I never really bought into this idea that they were just a quarterback away. Amber Wilson, Freddie Coleman, and Keyshawn J. Will and Max on ESPN radio, the ESPN app and series X and channel 80. You look at both Western divisions in the NFL and it's going to be cannibalistic involving the AFC West and the NFC West outside of Seattle in that division because they don't have a quarterback at all. And Drew Locke is not exactly lighting that lamp when it comes to Seattle. But you got Arizona, the Rams, and the 49ers all made the playoffs last year. You got the AFC West. You could potentially see three teams make the playoffs out of that division. The path is a lot harder for anybody in both of those divisions to be either a number one seed or to have an easier path compared to everybody else. If you're Buffalo, yeah, the Dolphins should be better. The Patriots should be better. The Jets should be better. But that's a lot easier to deal with that division than the AFC West. Look at the AFC North. You got the Ravens and the Bengals. We don't know what the Cleveland Browns are going to look like. We don't know what the Pittsburgh Steelers are going to look like. The AFC South, that should be the Colts division. But the Tennessee Times will never see last year before they faltered in the playoffs. The NFC East, whoever comes out of that will have 10 wins, but it won't be a harder road compared to the NFC West. The NFC North, the Packers are winning that, not even thinking about that. The NFC South, that should be the Buccaneers and Saints division, and nobody's going to challenge either the Falcons and the Panthers. That path in the AFC West and the NFC West may be the reason why we won't see a team coming out of those divisions and maybe making the Super Bowl because of all the hard games they're going to play. And oh, by the way, a 17-game season in the regular season in the NFL is going to make things even harder. The AFC is just so much more stacked overall, though. I mean, I understand what you're doing there with the NFC West. But if you look at the teams in that division, there's still significant question marks with those teams, right? Yes, the Arizona Cardinals were phenomenal the past beyond just the first half of the season, the first three quarters of the season last season, they were phenomenal, but then they faltered at the end of the season. And we know the story in the postseason with that team. I don't know what San Francisco is going to look like with Trey Lance at the helm. It's a very good team around Trey Lance. I get that, but, Trey Lance hasn't proved to me that he can play quarterback anywhere near as well as Jimmy Garoppolo could play quarterback in the NFL. I just haven't seen it yet. Obviously, they believe in him if they're willing to move forward with him, but we'll have to see how it pans out. So I do think the NFC West still has some significant question marks is mm-hmm. is my point here. I mean, the Rams even, you could argue, may have taken a bit of a step back. We were talking earlier in the show, Matthew Stafford, he's got these elbow concerns That's now. Alarming. I mean, the, ten- the tendonitis seems to be a legitimate issue here. We're talking about pretty significant pain, whatever they've done in the offseason to try to alleviate the pain hasn't worked. So right now they're being really cautious with him. What is that going to mean for a quarterback in his mid-30s going through a 17-game regular season? They lost Von Miller. Is OBJ going to end up back there? So it's possible they took a step back as well. 
AFC West, I mean, I, I'm just confident that all of those teams took a step forward, whereas with the NFC West, I'm far less confident that they've taken a step forward. It's a fair argument to make when it comes to NFC West, even though they're the home of the champions when it comes to the Los Angeles Rams, and they just play bloodthirsty football in that division, which is going to help them maybe a little bit because you're right, the AFC is more loaded than the NFC. They don't have to have as many tough teams to deal with compared to Buffalo and Kansas City and the Chargers and the Ravens, et cetera, et cetera, et cetera. But I also look at that division in that the way that they play in that division, it helps them more in the playoffs than somebody in the AFC West, mainly because you have a chance to go on the road and play physical football. And those teams have shown the more physical it is, the better it is for the Rams, the better it is for the 49ers. The Cardinals can be physical at times, and they're going to have to get more physical, especially Kyler Murray giving them that kind of contract. And Seattle's not going to be an easy team to play, and they're not going to be any good. Having that kind of football played in that division helps them in a watered-down NFC, relatively speaking, compared to the AFC. In the AFC, no matter what game you play, either in division or out of division, you're probably facing a dude to quarterback. If you're facing Buffalo, do the quarterback. Facing Cincinnati, a do the quarterback. Miami's hoping the Tua can be a do the quarterback, but the weapons around him, you should think they're going to be better. Having to deal with that makes it a lot easier for a team like Buffalo to be a number one seed and have an easier path than somebody out of the NFC West or definitely out of the AFC West in the NFL this year. I mean, Buffalo is the only team in a division in the AFC that I think you feel like there's probably not multiple contenders within that division, right? And and maybe I'm stepping here, overstepping when I'm saying contenders. But, I mean, if you're looking at these other divisions, like I think you believe, hey, the Bengals and the Ravens could be contenders in the North. And, and maybe the Titans and the Colts could make some noise here in the South and obviously everybody in the AFC West. Whereas in the AFC East, does anybody really believe that the Dolphins, the Jets, or even the Patriots, Patriots are going to be legitimate contenders this right. season. I think it's just the Bills in that division. And I'm saying that as a Dolphins fan. Mm-hmm. But if I'm being objective for a moment, that's the Bills division easily. So from that regard, I agree with you. I mean, I think the Bills just have such an easier path to the number one seed as compared to these other contenders in these other divisions because of the way that the divisions stack out. Amber Wilson, Freddie Coleman, thanks for joining us. And Keyshawn, J. Will and Max on ESPN Radio, the ESPN app especially on Sirius XM Channel 80 as part of Hall of Fame weekend. The NFL season getting started last night with the Raiders taking on the Jaguars. Nobody cares about that because we got plenty of football to talk about. But it's all about Hall of Fame induction ceremonies Saturday noon Eastern time. And how about Leroy Butler from Duval County in Florida getting a chance to be a pro football Hall of Fame class of 2022 inductee. He joins here in Keyshawn, J. Will and Max. I know it hasn't sunk in yet, Leroy, and I saw the look on your face last night when they introduced you during the game. What does it feel like when you have Leroy Butler, Pro Hall of Fame, Class of 2022, inductee? Well, uh, thank you for having me this morning. Uh, I, for me, uh, my, where I came from, uh, poverty, African-Americans, uh, special needs kid, uh, got bullied my whole life, which I never really cared about because I just ignored anything that was negative. And my grandmother told me, that I had a unique gift, and it was to just concentrate on things that was more positive. So I thought about my mom who passed away six years ago, and all of a sudden, you try to get emotional. Freddie, you know that. But sometimes you think about the big picture of all the kids who, who, who are growing up like me. They're saying, you know, I can maybe do the same thing. Matter of fact, I can do it. So that, that makes me feel very good. Wow. You can do it, and you did do it, Leroy. Now, 
I know you've been a semifinalist before, but now you're actually going into the hall. What did it feel like when you finally got that phone call that told you or that knock on the door that told you that you were a finalist this year? Yeah, that's a good question because I don't think people understand. That's why I like this show. <laughs> I, don't think people under, I don't know if people understand the path that you have when you're like one of the 250 guys, then you're a semi-finalist. To me, that was an honor. And me and my mom, we always talked about that. And we even talked about, we even worked on my speech in 2009, in 2010. She said, be prepared. You'll be a finalist one day. Wow. And you'll get in, but be prepared, but have the same demeanor, whether you get in or not. And so I've always wanted to enjoy the process because it took 16 years. But because I do know guys do get a little upset when they don't get in first, second, or third time. But my mom always told me it's almost like having a a scratch-off ticket because she loves (laughs) scratch-offs. But you don't know when to scratch it off. But at least you have a ticket. Some guys won't get the opportunity to have a ticket. So just enjoy it. So I was able to get that ticket when um, Charles Woodson, you know, knocked on my door. And lo and behold, it was a great surprise underneath it. Wow. Great stuff by Leroy Butler, Pro Football Hall of Famer, joining us in Keyshawn, J. Will and Max on ESPN Radio. And that's one of my favorite parts. And I'm glad the NFL and the Pro Football Hall of Fame has done that, where they have guys in the Hall of Fame and they knock on the door to give you the news. And the look on your face, even my wife, Denise, said, man, that is one of the greatest things to have happen. And we were talking about that before we had you on, Leroy, about having Charles mm-hmm. Woodson knock on your door. When he knocked on your door and you saw him, what was that feeling yeah. like? Well, I'll tell you this. Uh, Jim Porter's platinum, man. He's the new president. He was at my house for two hours before I knew who he was because he wanted it to be about me. And when Woodson knocked on the door, well, first of all, had I looked out the peephole and saw Brett Fire, oh, this is the Hall of Fame. Oh, I told you But I saw Woodson, it threw me off. I said, well, why is Woodson here? It's 11 degrees. It's snow on the ground. I mean, he's a West Coast guy. So when I opened the door, um, guys, it made me think that, you know what, I know what it feels like if you're a young lady out there thinking one day, is this guy you've been dating for 16 years, but he's never proposed to you? So I know what it feels like. That, oh, one day it's going to happen. You're a finalist. Nope, it's not going to happen. All of a sudden, there's nothing to do. And this guy gets in front of his family and friends, gets on his knee, and gives you the ring. I know what it feels like for a young lady to feel like that. Wow. And that's what it, I told my wife that we laughed about it. It's it's something you've always dreamt about, and when it happens with your teammate, because you, football is the ultimate team sport. It, it really is. You need ten other guys to help you, and to have one of your uh, teammates and colleagues, a guy you looked up to, uh, was just purely magic. Well, you got that engagement ringer. In this case, uh, the jacket. So now you have to give a speech, <laughs> Leroy. I'm sure you put some thought into this. How is that speech looking? Well, I tell you what, me and my mom, like I said, we worked on 2009, 2010. I said, Mom, isn't that a little narcissistic to just assume and work on a speech? <laughs> she said, first of all, I don't know what that means. And second of all, I want you to be prepared. And third of all, I want you to have the shortest speech in NFL history. I said, Mom, that's a lot. <laughs> so we crafted it. <laughs> we crafted it over the years, and I've been able to work on some great – I'm a big 
teachers, young man, mm-hmm. especially these teachers have always helped me. So I reached out to my teachers over the years to kind of shape what I wanted to say pretty much. So they have people here at the Hall of Fame, of course, to help you. But my teachers and my mom has a great speech. And as we sit here today doing this interview, it's about eight minutes and 12 seconds. Nice. So I want to stay under that because I know it's hot. No one wants to hear a long speech. And they forget about what you're talking about anyway. So just get up and get down and get out. What do you think your mom would say? Look at my baby. And I told you it was going to happen. I never doubted her, but don't be doubting me because moms know stuff. Mm-hmm. I mean, she was truly amazing. And you know what she would be happy for? Because she knew that I would represent a lot of people, uh, military people, because they're in my family. My uncles and uh, Bob Harlan, the Packers, uh, my high school coach, Corky Rogers, and, of course, Bobby Bowden. He gave me my life. That was my lifeline, Freddie, out of the uh, project. When he came into the project, gave me a scholarship. So that's what she's thinking. She's always, real quick, she's always wanted me, my story to be the headline of all the people who helped me. And I would just be the body of work when you read the story. Because, you know, sometimes people see a headline, mm-hmm. they don't read it. My headline would be, these are all the people who helped uh, Roy Butler over his career. I have a young son, Lori, and I hope he loves and appreciates me half as much as you do your mom. That Amen. is just such a beautiful thing. It really, really is. Amen. In terms, obviously, your mom had a huge impact on your life. In terms of football, who would you say football-wise? If I made you narrow it down to a person, and don't give away your speech, but football-wise, who had the biggest mm-hmm. impact or, or maybe was an inspiration to you growing up? Oh, thanks for asking that. I really appreciate that. I really do. But my uncle, uh, my mom and dad split up when I was four. So my mom raised five kids in the industry, no air conditioning, Jacksonville, Duval County, when it was 100. You know, we didn't have uh, refrigerators. We had, like, coolers. We didn't have stoves. We had hot places. Poverty was tough. But my uncle, Uncle Charles Durham, he's the one say, I know you have the braces on like Forrest Gump, but I think I need to get you a football because you have it's a team sport that can help you and then i started watching the nfl and when i watched roger Staubach, okay it changed my life really it really did because i'm a huge cowboy fan mm-hmm. my mom had, had a white t-shirt on my first new t-shirt i got it from salvation army so i got it and she wrote uh, number 12, and on the back of it, because you go out and play, and you write your favorite player on your T-shirt, mm-hmm. and she wrote S-T-A-R-B-A-C-K. <laughs> I said, Mom, you misspelled Roger Starbuck. She said, baby, everybody knows Roger the dog. You <laughs> play. <laughs> it made my life. I said, God, I'm playing in the NFL. It's the funniest thing. And when I was the first finalist, in Miami, that was my first time being a finalist. Freddie, I saw the GOAT. I said, there's Roger Starbuck. I told my wife, I don't have to get in the Hall of Fame. I just met the GOAT. I mean, so he means a lot to me. He really did. And meeting him means a lot. You meet a lot of Hall of Famers, of course. But that's the meaning of football. So we're about to do it like a team pitcher mm-hmm. in about five minutes. So right. I say, wait for me because I got to talk to my favorite group. Wow. It's, it's funny you mentioned Robert, Leroy Butler, Hall of Famer on Keyshawn, J. Will, Max, and Freddie coming to Amber Wilson, ESPN Radio. It's funny you mentioned that because that is my favorite football player of all time, Roger Staubach of the Dallas Cowboys. No way. And, and I had a chance to meet him at an Army-Navy football game, 
1992. And, Leroy, I had the same knee-buckling experience that you had. And you're a Hall of Famer. Yeah. So the fact that you could – you in that room – I'm seeing on your Twitter had a Leap 36, and you're in that room with other Hall of Fans like Mike Haynes and Lawrence Taylor and guys like that, and you were like a little kid in a candy store being in that room. For those who may never get that opportunity, what is it like to finally be a part of that and you're still that, that young man who grew up in the Jacksonville Housing Projects, but you're in that room with Roger Staubach and other Hall of Famers? One of my favorite DJs of all time is DJ Khaled. His album is called God Did. And I just kept thinking of DJ Khaled saying God did this because last night we were in the uh, bust room with all 362 busts where they go. Mm-hmm. And we did a toast last night. Only Hall of Famers in there. Mean Joe Green and Larry Zonka in there arguing over and Dan Fouser arguing what games they played. And I, I'm just melting in the room. And wow. it was a toast with champagne. And I don't even drink. But I was like, oh, I put my cell phone up. I was like, this is awesome. Man, man. <laughs> this is awesome. Wow. By the way, his grandmother, Rosalie Durham, used to tell Leroy Butler that his gift from God was his uncanny ability to ignore anything negative, such as getting teased for daring right. to dream about playing in the NFL when he could not even walk straight or having to stay indoors when his siblings went outside to play. Fast forward to Saturday, he becomes a pro football Hall of Fame in Canton, and it is well-deserved, and it's been a great path that has led him there. Leroy, Why did you read that? Now you got me tearing up, man. Don't do this. Uh, hey, you, you almost have me in Amber in tears, so you, yeah, you, no you got to get oh, as good as you God. give here now. <laughs> Amber, Amber, I'm going to blame this on you because you know women are supposed to help us men. <laughs> so you don't make him cry. Well, you better save those tears because you you might be shedding some on Saturday. No doubt. No doubt. No doubt. Oh, my God. Oh, my God. Hey, 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 Leroy, we could not be more thrilled for you. Enjoy everything because you deserve it. You earned it. Thanks so much, and take care, and enjoy being in the Hall of Fame on Saturday, okay? Thank you so much, Amber and Freddie. I love you guys. I really appreciate it. God do it. Thank you. God bless you, too. Much love back to Leroy Butler. Like I mentioned, Pro Football Hall of Fame Class of 2020 Duck TV. The ceremonies will be on ESPN starting at noon Eastern time. And I guarantee you, when you hear him speak, if you don't get inspired, then you don't have any soul. And that's more of a you problem than anybody else. With Amber Wilson, Freddie Coleman, and Keyshawn J. Will and Max, we're going to talk to somebody else who's going to be a Hall of Famer and if he's going to be with another team as part of his Hall of Fame path. For the ones who get it done, Granger offers high-quality supplies and solutions for every industry, as well as access to product specialists who have the knowledge and experience to answer your toughest questions. Plus, their commitment to being your safety partner can help you keep your facility safe and your people safer. Call, click Granger.com or just stop by. Granger for the ones who get it done. We all know breakfast is an important part of your day, but sometimes when you're traveling for business, you end up staying at a hotel that doesn't offer any. You know what happens? You grab a cup of coffee and skip the meal entirely. We've all been there. But if you book a room at La Quinta by Wyndham, you can enjoy their free bright side breakfast featuring delicious baked goods, fruit, eggs, yogurt, and waffles. And really, who doesn't want to start their day with a fresh, hot waffle? Tonight, La Quinta, tomorrow you shine. Book direct at LQ.com. Have you ridden an electric e-bike yet? You need to check out Electric e-bikes today. The number one selling e-bike in America. Two things stand out that bikers love about electric. Number one, the majority of their models come pre-assembled, so you don't need to be a bike savant to ride them. Number two, 
Electric wants to empower riders to spend more time exploring outside on their bikes, so they've made range a priority. Long-range batteries allow riders to hit typically around 65 miles of range or up to 150 miles on some models. Bonus! Electric has purposefully priced their bikes to be affordably awesome, so you don't have to break the bank to get these sweet rides. See why people who have made the switch to electric bikes have fallen in love with biking again by visiting electricebikes.com. That's L-E-C-T-R-I-C-E-B-I-K-S.com. She is Amber Wilson. I'm Freddie Coleman, part of Keyshawn, J. Will and Max, presented by Progressive Insurance on ESPN Radio, the ESPN app. She is X and Channel 80, as well as tune in, Wayne, anytime you want to, triple eight, say ESPN, 888-729-3776. You probably did not think you have to hear about this, but LeBron James potentially on the move again. Now, he's had productive talks. I put that in air quotes with the Los Angeles Lakers regarding a contract extension. He could sign a contract for two years, $97.1 million. But when Dave McMenamin, ESPN LA Lakers reporter, was on with Amber Wilson, Nick Friedel, yesterday part of Canty and Carlin, check out what he had to say about if LeBron is going to stay or leave LA. You had a stretch of six straight seasons not making the postseason. You want to go away from the LeBron James business and just go back to being, quite frankly, one of the the most disappointing franchise in all sports, you can, or we can work together. You can give me a reason to want to stay. You can give me a chance to add championships to my resume. And you say as a franchise that all you stand for is winning championships. So it should be in your best interest as well. That was his response when I asked him if LeBron should use this potential extension as a bargaining chip. And he said that that's exactly what he'd do if he was LeBron. He walks in, he says exactly what you just heard him say. And I would imagine that's the sort of discussion that's being had right now. Now, you mentioned the productive discussion. That mm-hmm. co- that story uh, comes from LeBron's agent, Rich Paul. He says that LeBron and the Lakers had a productive discussion. Uh, great. I mean, if it was really productive, he would have signed an extension with this team right he was eligible to sign it starting yesterday so I don't know what productive means maybe productive was exactly what Dave McMenamin just (laughs) outlined for you Uh, this is going to be productive here I am if you want me to sign an extension we need to go ahead and make some moves that are going to make me happy namely you need to attach one of those first rounders in 27 or 29 Mm -hmm. to Russell Westbrook's contract so we can go ahead and move it and try to upgrade this roster now otherwise I'm not signing up for the next couple years with you all after this one we don't know what LeBron wants to do in the future. The one thing that we do know about LeBron is that he's mentioned multiple times wanting to play with Bronny. That doesn't exclude him from signing this extension because Bronny becomes NBA eligible in 2024. As part of this extension, he could structure it Freddie, so that it's a one and one. So it's a one year with a one year player option. So we're still talking this year. Obviously, he's under contract. And then mm-hmm. next year, he'd be under contract again. And then that final year would be his player option. He could exercise that if he wanted to go try to fi- fi- uh, follow Bronny somewhere. So just because he has this desire sometime down the road to play with his son doesn't mean that he won't sign an extension with the Los Angeles Lakers. Maybe the reason he hasn't yet signed an mm-hmm. extension, given it's only been a batter of hours, but. Mm-hmm. that he's been eligible to do that. But maybe we're going to see a waiting game here because he has until June 30th to sign it. So he's got darn near a year to sign it. Maybe he'll be patient in order to put some of that pressure on the front office. Here are other reasons. The Denver Nuggets, Minnesota Timberwolves, Golden State Warriors, LA Clippers, Phoenix Suns, 
Dallas Mavericks, Memphis Grizzlies, New Orleans Pelicans. Right now, the Lakers behind all those teams in the Western Conference. Let's call it as it is. And LeBron is looking around to say, man, if I resign with this team with an extension, but we don't have any kind of cap flexibility to bring in the kind of pieces to compete with those teams and not be in play-in games in the Western Conference, that's why it's productive for LeBron James. He's in a no-lose situation. If he stays with the Lakers, he stays with the Lakers. If he decides to go somewhere else and be part of a championship contender, he's not worried about people getting on his last nerve saying, oh, there you go again, ring chasing. LeBron's good with that because he believes the more rings he accumulates, it quiets a lot of that noise. It's going to be hard to do that when you got the Denver Nuggets, Minnesota Timberwolves, Golden State Warriors, the Los Angeles Clippers, Phoenix Suns, Dallas Mavericks, Memphis Grizzlies, and New Orleans Pelicans who right now are better than the team that you're on and a team that still has Russell Westbrook under contract and Anthony Davis under contract, and you're going to try to win with those guys with a brand-new coach and try to make a difference in the West? LeBron is great. At this point of his life and his career, he's not that great to make that team as they're constituted right now anywhere near those teams competing in the Western Conference. And when I was talking to Dave McMenamin yesterday on Canty and Carlin, he kept saying the money isn't a consideration for LeBron anymore. Now we're talking about $97 million that he's eligible to sign in terms of his contract extension. He can only sign a two-year deal because he's 38 years old. It must be nice to not care about $97 million, but let's be real. That's not much to LeBron, even though it sounds like an exorbitant amount of money. And the reason Dave said it's not much isn't that $97 million isn't much. That's much to anybody, frankly, no matter how much money you have, but it's that LeBron's confident he can get that elsewhere. It doesn't necessarily necessarily need to come from the Lakers here. It's not like he's in a situation where I have to sign this extension yeah. because if I suffer some sort of catastrophic knee injury, there's not going to be a market out there for me. We're talking about the greatest player of his generation. And as Dave pointed out, you even saw Kevin Durant coming off of a catastrophic knee injury and there was a market for him. It wasn't hard for him to get paid even if he was going to sit out for an entire season. So even if LeBron got injured by rolling the dice here and not signing an extension, there's still going to be a market for LeBron James even in his late 30s, no matter what happens here. And because of that, he ain't in no rush, Freddie. He can take his time. He can put all the pressure he wants on the Lakers front office. He can try to get them to move. This is his way to do it because otherwise – there's no reason for the Lakers to bulk, frankly. Like, why would the Lakers mortgage their future in, in 2027 or 2029 mm-hmm. for the right now if they don't think it, think it's going to bring them enough to win a championship right now? They're concerned about the entire product. They're concerned about their future. They're concerned about the Lakers for the next 10 years. LeBron ain't. He's not going to be there for it. He doesn't care what happens to the Lakers in 2027. So what's the difference to him if I try to force you to attach a draft pick? Well, this is going to go ahead and put that pressure potentially on the front office for them to do that, to try to move that Westbrook contract, to try to get something new done here. Something you just said triggered something in my mind when you use the term market. The market for LeBron James would be very interesting, as great as he still is. If he decides, you know what, not staying here. You guys have to work out a trade for me or whatever that's going to be for the Lakers. And if you're the Lakers, if LeBron James came to me and said that, now you can really start the rebuilding process because whatever haul you're going to get is going to be pretty substantial, even for an aging but still great LeBron James. But that market will be very interesting because if you're a contending team and you look at LeBron James and say, yeah, he's going to make us better, how's it going to be with the other players? Because if he's used to being the dude and does not want to take a secondary role of that, 
then you may be bringing a different problem to the table than you could not have imagined. Now, full disclosure, I'll raise my hand and say, LeBron James is not going to be the guy that messed up something if he goes to a contending team, if he has the chance to leave Los Angeles, if he wants to do that. But that kind of market and what you're going to get in return for a great player, but that's an aging player, it's very interesting if that happens with LeBron James. I don't think LeBron went to L.A., frankly, to contend. Obviously, he's done that. He won a championship there, and that's always on the list of LeBron's things to do. I just don't think it was actually at the top of LeBron's list. I felt like he went to the Lakers because he wanted to live in Los Angeles, first and foremost, with his family, a place that his family enjoyed being, but also because he wanted to make an impact beyond basketball and namely in the world of entertainment. And you saw that with all the stuff that he got involved in with Hollywood out there. So I think he wanted to go play for an iconic franchise Mm -hmm. in the second biggest market in the country and further make his impact in the world of entertainment that expands his brand so far beyond basketball and frankly is where the real money is for LeBron James particularly as we're talking about the fact that he's towards the tail end of his playing career anyways even if he's still playing at a pretty phenomenal clip and so if that is the reason then I don't know if you're leaving just because you're not a contender but I do wonder if LeBron has felt the frustration of being in a situation where you're not even making the postseason you're not even making a play-in scenario in the postseason maybe that's harder to swallow than he expected it to be because he's so used to contending year in and year out so maybe he finds himself in a situation where all of a sudden contending becomes important to him again and also a lot of guys aren't along the lines of wanting to play with LeBron James like they used to it used to be he could be a Pied Piper oh yeah I want to play with him that does not seem to be that kind of sentiment anymore regarding LeBron James who used to have that kind of stroke in the NBA and as an aging player that stroke is no longer there for him when it comes to that with Amber Wilson Freddie Coleman or Keyshawn J. Will and Max because of the word jelly A lot of our guys behind the scenes are saying that Amber Wilson has gotten on their last nerve about that. We'll talk about that next on ESPN Radio. Passion, drive, and patience. The formula for winning championships is also what keeps your ride or die alive. eBay Motors has everything you need to maintain your vehicle and level it up to peak performance. Superchargers, roof racks, exhaust kits, LED headlights, and more. Whether you're into speed, power, or style, eBay Motors has you covered. With over 122 million parts for your number one ride or die, you'll always find exactly what you're looking for. And with eBay Guaranteed Fit, your part is guaranteed to fit your ride every time or your money back. Because with eBay Motors, you're burning rubber, not cash. With all the parts you need at the prices you want, it's easy to make your car the MVP and bring home huge wins. Keep your ride or die alive at ebaymotors.com. Eligible items only, exclusions apply. This show is sponsored by BetterHelp. We all carry around different stressors. I do, you do, we all do, big, small. And when we keep them bottled up, as I sometimes have had happen in the past, it can start to affect us negatively. Therapy is a safe space to get things off your chest and to figure out how to work through whatever's weighing you down. It's helpful for learning positive coping skills and how to set boundaries. It empowers you to be the best version of yourself. It isn't just for those who have experienced major trauma. If you're thinking of starting therapy, give BetterHelp a try. It's entirely online, designed to be convenient, flexible, and suited to your schedule. Just fill out a brief questionnaire to get matched with a licensed therapist and switch therapists anytime for no additional charge. Get it off your chest with BetterHelp. Visit betterhelp.com slash unsportsmanlike today to get 10% off your first month. That's BetterHelp, H-E-L-P dot com slash unsportsmanlike. 
Hi, it's Mike Greenberg letting you know ESPN Bet is ready to take you through all the biggest sports moments this spring. The official sportsbook of ESPN has exclusive offers and markets from Scott Van Pelt, Stephen A. Smith, and me, plus many more. From the playoff intensity to finally getting out to the ballpark, there's no better time for sports fans. Sign up today. New users get a bet reset up to $1,000 in bonus bets if your first bet doesn't win. Download ESPN Bet today. What a play. Must be 21 plus and present in select states. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. Terms and conditions apply. See app for details. Hello, with Amber Wilson, Freddie Coleman, Keyshawn, J. Will and Max and ESPN Radio. Now, I'm not going to say who started this discussion, Pat Costello, our producer, but he and James Steele, Amber, got into the fact about The Rock and his acting abilities. And we found that James Steele is not a Fast and Furious fan when it comes to that. Nah, not, not a fan of Fast and Furious movies. Now, is that all Fast and Furious or just the part of the franchise that The Rock got involved in? No, I love The Rock. Okay. Uh, I just don't, I don't care for the Fast and Furious movies. If anything, the, the way that you like the kind of music that you like, I figure Fast and Furious movies would be right up your alley. Yeah, no, don't care for them. They but, bore me. Huh. But you are going to watch the movie with The Rock where he's a dog today. Yeah, and the super, animation. super dogs or something? Yeah. Super pets or whatever. I mean, it looks excellent. Yeah. I'm not going to lie. I, I do have a bit of, and I love The Rock and Kevin Hart, but I almost like have a bit of Rock Kevin Hart fatigue because they've mm. been on so much. And I, I am mad at you. Like, capitalize on your moment when you have your moment. Those <laughs> dudes have been having their moment for a minute. But it's so much that I can't even keep up with all the movies they've made. So I'm not, even though this movie looks adorable, I'm not rushing out of the theaters to watch this movie because, I mean, I can't even keep up with it. It's like, oh, okay, it's a new movie now. Great. The Rock, Kevin Hart, once again. So if your son wanted to go see that movie, you would say, ask your dad to take you? That's where you stand? Well, what's funny is I actually haven't been to the movies in, I mean, I haven't been to a movie theater, Freddie, in... I, probably 13 years. Really? 12 years, and I'm not even exaggerating. Wow. I have not been to a movie theater in so long, it, it, at least a decade. I, I just, really? I never, yeah, I never get the desire to go to movies. Now, I have been told numerous times that this is going to change mm-hmm. when, I was always told it's going to change when you have a kid. Mm-hmm. My kid's only three, so, and, you know, he recently turned three. So okay. he's young, so he's not like, he's not really at a point yet where we're going in, into a theater and probably sitting for an entire movie. So I have heard it's going to change when he gets a little bit older and he starts wanting to go to movies that kids, that's a good activity for kids. And so mm-hmm. maybe it'll change just for me as an adult. I have no desire to go to the movie theater really? with how great the home watching experience 13 is. Oh, years. Man. Yeah. They made a, they like a thousand Marvel movies that you have not seen. Oh, I, no, I'm not into superhero movies can miss me. Uh, I thought I you missed really? another great take by yeah. Amber. I thought your jelly take was the worst one of the day, but... <laughs> Movie theater, not wanting to go to movie theaters is pretty rough. Yeah, movie theaters for the birds and um, superhero movies miss me with it. Who are you? Except I, Marvel. I mean, we I, love Marvel movies here at the Walt Disney. Marvel we have movies to. are Oh, Marvel's yes, great. that's true. They're Marvel movies are life, guys. Good job. Everyone go watch Disney all of them. Makes. Yeah, if we don't love Marvel movies, Norby Williamson on line one wants to have a word with us. <laughs> in charge is of ESPN. Is Thor a Marvel movie? I don't even yeah. know. Yeah, I'm part. so bad. Okay, Thor is a Marvel. All right, I'm, Marvel. I'm, I'm in. What? I'm in on Marvel movies. You didn't care about the for uh, obvious we, reasons. Yeah, yeah, we know. <laughs> Just one word. Chris Hamilton. <laughs> <laughs> Intergalactic. 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 
Keyshawn J. Will and Max with Freddie Cohen and Amber Wilson on ESPN Radio, the ESPN app, Series X Channel 80, as well as tune in. You can talk because I don't like the Beastie Boys at all, huh? But because of Amber Wilson, not my words, the words of Pat Costello, James Steele, and our boy Steven, according to our three compadres, Amber Wilson had the worst take in the history of not just Keyshawn J. Will and Max, not just in the history of sports radio, but according to Pat Costello, possibly in the history of the United States. Yeah, I think it's it's got to be up. It's on the Mount Rushmore of worst takes in the history of America. So congratulations, Amber. I mean, do you not follow Dan Orlovsky on Twitter and read some no. of his food did you, takes? This is did you realize that Skip Bayless used to work at this company, by the way? Just to recap what the actual take is, you maintain that for a peanut butter and jelly sandwich, the best method is chunky peanut butter, with orange marmalade with chunks no, in it. Hold on. What, you that are is overstating you the take. Nope. Nope. It is strawberry jam with what? chunky peanut oh, butter. This you're changing your take. Get it right. oh, Here's the deal. Objection, so Your Honor. Objection. No, I didn't say. <laughs> I specifically, in fact, said orange marmalade is a no go with peanut butter. However, when we were getting into this discussions about jellies and jams, I did say jam is far superior to jelly because jelly's the mushed fake nonsense. And Freddie had the abysmal take that grape jelly mm. is the best of the jelly slash jam category yeah. which there ain't it's nothing not about grape either one or two there ain't nothing about grape that actually connotes grapes yeah. grape flavored anything it's not about connoting some... grapes it's about taste and flavor and how it feels on bread when you're having a glass of milk that's no, what the, that is if i want grapes right I'll, I'll get grapes well, but grapes, it doesn't taste like grape. Grape grape flavoring is some flavor that doesn't actually exist but that's, but that's in like nature. You, but that's like you tell me that peanut butter might taste like peanuts. It does not. Well, the type I eat because it's just peanuts. Literally, look, I got my peanut butter here, Freddie <laughs> Coleman. I'm turning it around in the Zoom so you can see ingredients, uh-huh. peanuts. Boom. That's the only ingredient. So Less than eat- 1% of salt and peanuts. That's that's why you that's why you have to get the natural see, uh, chunky but, but, but see, I'm not wonderful. Pe- I'm not a peanut butter fan, so, so you, you eat terrible you miss, jelly and terrible peanut butter. Congratulations. Wow. And then the jam that I like, first of all, I mean, shout out to St. Dolphur spread, but any of these jams, oh, right? That paid, paid have, off by Big Jam over here. <laughs> have the ch- <laughs> We have Big Pharma, now we got Big Jam. Now we have Big Jam. <laughs> oh man, listen, Big Jam, shout out. Give me a call. <laughs> Yeah. I got a sponsorship deal. <laughs> Why because not? you are excellent. Making your, make your NIL. Why not? Why and not? orange marmalade, to your earlier oh, point, God. is highly underrated. No, it's, it's clear not. that you guys weren't raised by a British mother, and so you were missing out on the world of marmalades. Mm-hmm. And orange marmalade is mm-hmm. pretty phenomenal, mm-hmm. but it goes better with actual butter on bread than it does with peanut So we're going to combine butter and orange marmalade on bread. You just ruined yeah, bread toast. for me right now. You just ruined completely bread I, for I'm me right now. I'm introducing you to a whole new world. Oh, I've been introduced, and I'm sorry for the introduction. <laughs> <laughs> I want to be strangers to this. <laughs> we, yeah, we were talking earlier about what are some of the takes that Amber probably believes. Like, oh, no. Like that the Seahawks should have thrown the ball on the goal line, Oh, here, for we, go. here we go back you know, on Max that again. Max Kellerman once said that Tom Brady was falling off a cliff, yeah. right? Yeah. And, and you're Brady telling me that my jam him, take is worse. And Tom Brady reminds him every year before every training year. camp for the last six years. And Amber agreed with him. That's a little known fact that she was right <laughs> she there did. with no, him. No, no. Come yeah. on, yeah. That's a lie, isn't it? Come on now. That's a lie. <laughs> she agreed There's no way Amber, Amber agreed with that. No one who I bet eats jam over jelly is Tom Brady. Because first of all, he doesn't even eat strawberries. 
strawberries, right? But he definitely True. doesn't eat grape jelly. Does that's make for darn avocado he jelly? Av- he probably he's eating avocado jelly. Oh. He, he's eating he's eating jelly that used that started as a vegetable. He's not eating jelly that started as a fruit. Guaranteed. Listen, if if it made me age backwards the way Tom Brady has aged backwards, then I would consider also eating avocado. Well, jelly. sure, he's the Benjamin Button of the National Football League. I completely understand that when Tom Brady wants to live young and live forever and play forever, but I'm not. I don't avocado jelly. No, I'm. I'll, I'll rather age gracefully. Do you guys know I'll that Amber's uh, favorite Godfather is Godfather Three, and her favorite Rocky <laughs> movie is Rocky Five. No, she said these Godfather things. These are generally, though. Well, she hasn't I mean, been in the movie theater in 13 years. How, do we, how does she know? No, but I mean, obviously. Well, I didn't see The Godfather in theaters, I don't think, because I think I was too I don't think that, you were even born when that but happened. The, but right, but on. The Godfather, generally, way too long. Way too long. Movies don't need to be that long. Now, now I'm one of those, like, I'm a sucker in 2022, but, like, okay. I, I'll, I'll never sit down and watch a movie that's over two hours, but right. if you split it up into parts and you call it a TV show, oh, I'm in. Like a miniseries, where there used to be a miniseries. If a movie is that long, but it's interesting, like The Godfather, I'm in. Like Godfather 1 and 2. But, for example, Meet Joe Black, some, a friend of mine, God rest so dragged me to that movie. That was three hours and 30 minutes of my life I'm never getting back. I never got never. into Meet Joe Black. I couldn't get through it. Don't, don't worry. You, you are not it. missing a thing. Brad Pitt, for all his glory, couldn't save that movie. I'm talking about, I'm not talking about acting. I'm talking about the way he looks. Even she was tired of saying, man, I, three I hours of Brad Pitt, that's enough. <laughs> three, three, over three hours of Brad Pitt at that stage in his career. I mean, I, I understand what you're doing there. But yeah, I couldn't get through it either. Long Awful. movies are just, I, I don't I don't know. I, I, well, I you, have the attention span yeah, with other things. Yeah. I'll sit and watch a sporting event for three hours. But, but that's different because something's always going on. And to honestly, DVDs and streaming have kind of ruined long movies because now you can watch it in piecemeal anytime you want. You don't have to sit in the movie theater and watch it for three hours, three and a half what hours. What is Pat? Pat Costello, our producer, is just writing nonsense. Do you guys know that Amber likes her steaks cooked well done? And that's, that's not, it? And that she eats them with ketchup. Lie. I do not. Oh my That's God. Gross, do not put that on a national radio. I do not. You I like my steaks. You I like my steaks medium rare. I like a nice bone in filet, medium Me rare. Me too. I'm the same Ketchup way. doesn't touch my steaks. Exactly. No, I don't put someone who likes no, no, do, well done steak would say. No, I, number one, that's funny. <laughs> number two, I, I don't put ketchup on steak either. Just even like steak sauce. I can't put ketchup on steak. Oh, no, I don't steak. even do steak sauce. You, even just steak by itself? Yeah, just I'm steak good with by that. itself. I'm good with that. I'm not a big sauce person. Generally, like I don't really use ketchup on stuff. You know, the no Even barbecue, French fries. No barbecue normally, sauce on anything. Not really. I don't. I'm not a big barbecue sauce. Wow, person. you did grow up with a British mother because you had American <laughs> mother in the South too, and you live in Miami and Florida. Mean, well, listen, uh, people would not consider Miami a part of the South, I don't think. But I actually grew up in Sarasota, a little, little further north, a little closer to the actual southern part of Florida, but not right. quite there it's yet. It's still the southern United States, the home of barbecue. It is. Well, I like barbecue, and that's the one exception to the barbecue sauce rule. I will put barbecue sauce on barbecue. But people who want to put barbecue sauce on non-barbecue items, I'm out on that. Man. We're finding so much more about Amber that we wanted to know how to do Amber also likes uh, the yellow starburst the best. Oh, oh that's not God, true. That's, that's a Max Kellerman take. That's a terrible take. The uh, pink ones are obviously the best. When I heard about yeah, well, you that. Would know. <laughs> <laughs> Why are you punishing Amber for having her own feelings and her own thoughts and desires? <laughs> Can a girl just have an opinion? How did this entire segment 
it really it really developed into that. I can't lie about it. It really it started off innocently, but then it just became more and more organic and more <laughs> vitriol from Patrick and James towards you when it comes to jelly and barbecue sauce and yellow the, starburst. The yellow starburst thing from Max is just him wanting to like, get a reaction or something. Yeah. No doubt. Greeny with Mike Greenberg is next. It's been Keyshawn, <laughs> Jay Will and Max. No yellow starburst included on ESPN Radio. Thanks for listening to Keyshawn, J. Will, and Max, the podcast. Check the guys out live weekday mornings from 6 to 10 Eastern on ESPN Radio. Have you ridden an electric e-bike yet? You need to check out Electric e-bikes today, the number one selling e-bike in America. Two things stand out that bikers love about electric. Number one, the majority of their models come pre-assembled, so you don't need to be a bike savant to ride them. Number two. Electric wants to empower riders to spend more time exploring outside on their bikes, so they've made range a priority. Long-range batteries allow riders to hit typically around 65 miles of range or up to 150 miles on some models. Bonus! Electric has purposefully priced their bikes to be affordably awesome, so you don't have to break the bank to get these sweet rides. See why people who have made the switch to electric bikes have fallen in love with biking again by visiting electricebikes.com. That's L-E-C-T-R-I-C-E-B-I-K-S dot com.